Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Carol Gunn, and she's from Portland, Oregon in the United States. Welcome, Carol. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. And let's start right off. Tell our listeners what you do. What's your work or business? I do actually two things. I'm a physician, and then I'm also speaking about medical errors. Oh, wow. We kind of go together, of course, and so I'm doing more and more speaking and a little less of the clinical medicine. That's interesting, and that type of topic must not be an easy one, especially that you're also a physician and you're talking about medical errors. Wow. <laughs> that, it's not easy, and the added wrinkle to it all is I lost my sister due to a medical error. Ooh. I found the error and took it back to the teaching hospital. And I made a promise to her that I would tell the teaching hospital of their mistakes. And I did. And they finally heard me. Good. I feel like it's the promise to her that I go out and tell other people about medical errors. Well, good for you. And it's proof that it, it doesn't need to be an easy topic, but it can be done. And that is very, very special. Tell me, uh, how was your first experience as a public speaker? And was it with that topic in particular? Um, no, it wasn't. That was not my first experience as a public speaker. So this is my second career. My first career was as a safety engineer. And I spoke a lot in front of um, people teaching them about how to be safer in the workplace and how to uh, eliminate the possibility they make a, get an illness from the workplace. So I'm pretty comfortable in front of groups. Okay. But telling a really personal story is not easy. And so um, first time I did it, and I still do, I can hear my, my, my voice crack and catch myself at times because no. It's emotional. Emotional, yeah. But it's an important story to tell. So it is. So that's interesting. I I would be curious to know uh, how did you make that transition in between having a more formal and uh, technical topic, probably going to your personal story, which is way more emotional, way more involved in terms of your. Well, in your case, it was your family. Yes. Well, I, you know, this is kind of typical of what I do. I look for people to help me. So I had met with a group that um, ran this program called Speaking for Money. Not that I was looking for money, but I was looking for exposure. And um, they helped me with regards to telling the story in a way that non-clinicians could understand it. And then I, but I'm really telling it to nurses and doctors. That's really my prime audience because I need them to hear the story because I need them to make changes. Yeah. Make them aware of the impact that it has 
for them, it's, you know, it's day-to-day business as usual, but it's not the same thing. When there is an error, it has major impacts. Major impacts. And, you know, she was a single mom, so I am responsible in a, in a somewhat way for her son, who's in his early 20s. Okay. Dog. I mean, the impacts keep going, and she died four years ago. That's And that's okay. I mean, I got some great things. I got the relationship with my nephew, a much stronger relationship. That's it. And I got this great dog for (laughs) on loan. He's on loan. He goes back to uh, my nephew. But um, I'd rather have my sister. (laughs) That's it. But it's interesting because as you point out, then having, uh, well, having the guts to go get help when you have such a personal topic, a personal story, will make it even more impactful. So that, that's good for you because I'm sure listeners will realize you can talk about various topics, but if it's especially emotional, just don't refrain from asking help if it's necessary to make sure it will still be impactful. Yes, and the other thing I've learned is, um, and someone shared that with me just recently, be like a marshmallow, I mean, meaning I have to protect myself the day after I give a big keynote because I have a letdown period. So oh, yeah. I sit as people around me or space around me so that I'm a marshmallow so no one can get to me. <laughs> And that's a good point, too. And tell me, uh, that in itself is kind of challenging, but did you have any specific challenging experiences that you would be able to share with us and what you did or what you learned from them? I have two. One from way, way back, and that was I was speaking as a um, safety engineer to a group of employees, and they had had to stay over. They were night shift. And the fellow I was speaking with, this tells you how long ago it was, um, had the slides, and he was late. Had a whole cafeteria full of people waiting for a discussion, and I didn't have the materials, and he and I were supposed to be buddy teams. So um, at that moment in time, what I did was I sent, I knew there was free coffee in the cafeteria, I sent everybody away. And then as soon as they came back, I started without him. And then when he came, he started using the slides too. So always have a backup. I will never do that again. You know, it's a horrible feeling to have all these guys who are spending time with you who, where you don't have the material. Oh, geez. Awful. And then the second one was um, I did a TEDx talk. It was great. Um, I had a wonderful experience doing it. Um, but at that TEDx, uh, in preparation, they gave me two microphones. And the reason they do that is if one cuts out. Yeah. Was, is when I started to speak, they were competing against me. <gasps> so you had that huge feedback. Yes. Ouch. Do I go forward? Do I stop? You know, this is a live event. <laughs> it's not just the, the video of it. And so... I was like, you know, I'd prepared myself for a lot of, you know, a lot of problems. I hadn't prepared myself for that one. And I just went forward, you know, and um, I knew there were sound people there and they got it under control. And on my video for the TEDx, it's, they can't see it at all. No one can see it. So I noticed it was probably five seconds, maybe less than that. But that seems like eternity when you're in front of this group of people. And you're like, ah! 
<laughs> the longest five seconds of your life. <laughs> and that proves another point that I've been telling my clients so many times. If anything can go wrong with technology, it will. So your two examples are to the point because not having a plan B with material or having microphone problems can happen and usually it will at least one time in your life you'll have a problem like that <laughs> I'm hoping those problems are behind me and now I just only have other problems smaller problems <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so we've talked about challenges but what about a great memory that you have from taking the stage what would it be and why was it such a great memory um, I think I'll go back to my TED talk. I told a, I opened with a story, not Anna's story, that's my sister, but a different, different horrific story in um, regarding a medical error. And after I told, as soon as I started telling the story, I could hear the whole audience go silent, like I could have a pin drop. So I wow. had them. And it the audience size was just under 3,000. So it wasn't like it was a small area, and a small group. And I just said, holy cow, I have people with me right now. You made that impression. Wow. Uh, that doesn't leave you. That doesn't leave you. I believe you because that's probably the most rewarding part of taking the stage when you realize you have an impact and people react to what you just said. That is very powerful. Good for you. That Cherish that for the rest of your life. That's great. And tell me, how do you prepare for a speech or a presentation? Uh, you know, I think that's evolving, but I try to first understand what the organization wants from me. So I just did a keynote and they wanted me to include certain things about, it was at a hospital, they wanted me to include certain things about their hospital system that they've already worked on with regards to the patient's safety. So I try to get what they want, what I want to say, marry the two together, and then just start practicing. And um, I'm trying not to be reading it. I'm trying to be in the possible. So now I'm trying to learn how to chunk things so it I don't have to memorize. I don't want to be trying to find certain words. I want to feel the audience with me and tell the story with me in front of them. So it's a slight change, and I'm just learning that now. It's not 100% there. But you're making a good point that our preparation is evolving as we move through time because our experiences are not the same and having to adapt that point of trying to find out what are their expectations what do they need that's the most important thing before we even start thinking about what are we packaging for those people because we need to be on target make them care and on top of it you know i don't want you know, I'm trying to convince people to change their behaviors. So if I go in and make them mad first, mm. something um, that doesn't resonate with them, then I'm never going to change behaviors. So I've just done opposite of what I want and may have made a negative impact to them. So I need to go in and kind of 
open arms. Um, and I, you know, I'm a physician. I have made mistakes. I share my mistakes. And yeah. I have to because we're all human. We all make mistakes. So if we, if we put up this silly wall and say, oh, I didn't make any mistakes, why are you making mistakes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just being authentic. And being humans, the audience will feel that. If they realize it, it, they have a BS detector way more than people will think. So if they know that, oh, that story is true, she's sharing what happened to her while she was sometimes making mistakes. So that's even better. Good. And we're finally at the end. I would like you to share what would be your greatest tip to empower women to take the stage more confidently? Wow. I think the best tip, and I try to do it for me too, is right before I go on, is I own this. I know my stuff. I have something to share. I think they'll learn from it. You're going to do great. And then just go out there and, and stand your ground, give it a second or two, and then go for it. I like that. Our personal pep talk to ourselves. <laughs> because if you go out there and you go, I'm going to be nervous, then you just, you just reinforce your nervousness. But if you go out there and say, I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to be great, usually goes out pretty well. Oh, I agree. And that's a great one. Thank you very much, Carol. You shared so many great stories and information. I'm sure the listeners will really love, first of all, just digest that and put them in practice because you have a way different, you have a different way of doing presentations and having that very, very personal story will probably resonate with many of them because most of them have a message they might want to get out there, but it's always scary when we're talking about a personal message. So at least I think they will have learned that uh, from you today that it, it is possible. It depends on the way you do it. And anyway, underneath the podcast player i'll be adding your links so they can also find you connect with you and also i think you had a special message that you want to share with people i was it about stories yeah it is and that is i am collecting other stories of medical harm and really focused on what happened after the harm how did someone deal with it how did people react and what that person's doing with it. And if anyone would like to share those with me, I'm putting together kind of a compendium of those. And I consider myself a story curator on them. So if anyone wants to share with me, just contact me and I'll get, we can communicate and see if it will work for you. Okay. And are you focusing basically on the United States for now or all over? What do you want? Boy, I, right now, United States. But, you know, I would say, um, uh, I yeah. I think the United States for right now. Yeah. Okay. So there you have it, listeners. Please connect with Carol if you have any stories and just basically to get to know her a little bit. So thank you again, Carol. Appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting. And even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking.